morning, and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I'm your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Good morning, Big Bigs. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, and good morning to all you fine folks out there in podcast country, or whatever the hell time you're listening to this. What you, what you, what you have for breakfast today, Johnny? I skipped breakfast today, actually. Oh, it's yeah. okay. It's Jake with Doc. So you remember that? You remember the old slang term, Jake? Like that's Jake with me, you know. It's Clearly, like, uh, you remember it. It's, so. it's like, well, I think it's time to bring it back. It's time to bring it back. It's time to bring it back. Did you so. actually care what I had for breakfast, or were you just setting me up for saying that? Nope. Uh, was it was going to be Jake with Doc, no matter what you said. All right, I yeah. could have said I chomped down a whole light bulb, and you would have been like, "That's Jake with Doc." <laughs> that might not be Jake with Doc. Well, you, well, you wanted to say it. Well, here's the thing: I needed the setup from now on. Only things that I truly believe are Jake. Will be referred to as Jake. I'm going to get a little seal of approval in case I'm not around. It's going to have me giving a big thumbs up, and I'll say it's Jake with Doc. See now, this conversation we're having right now, right? This presents the uh, the first problem with oh. this plan of yours. Okay, I'm sure more will emerge. Sure, but the first problem is every time you do this, you're going to have to explain it to everybody, and that means saying the word Jake about fifty times. Sure. So you know, if you're prepared for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not a problem. It's a short-term thing. It's like it's like anytime someone because the word already exists. I did not invent the slang term. I'm merely bringing it back. Well, I think you know that it needs to. And get... I kind of know that. Right. I think the world at large may need a little refresher. Well, the listeners are ready. Well, now they are. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, see, I, I think you know once it becomes a hashtag, once they use it on Modern Family, it'll just be all over the place. Once they use it on Modern Family. Modern, that's a show that people like, right? I, I understand it. Is but that they, the name of the show that I'm thinking of? Probably. I it's don't a know. very popular sitcom that I've never watched. Yeah, no. But are they going to say... family on it. Are they going to say, it's Jake with Doc? Or are they just going to say, <laughs> it's Jake with me? Al Bundy? Yeah, it's, it's Jake with Bob Family or whatever the guy's name is. Um, I mean, I think at that point I would like it if they mentioned me, but they're probably just going to mention Al Bundy. Yeah, well, yeah. he's more famous than you. Correct. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. Yep. I'm just trying to, to see the uh, the boundaries of this plan of yours. It's uh, Look, whatever way the, the, you know, the plan comes to fruition is Jake with Doc. Well then. <laughs> see, that's... Uh, there's going to be something I'm going to be putting up with today, at least. <laughs> yeah. I feel like many of your plans, it it may peter out after a week or two. I noticed you didn't sing this week. I haven't abandoned any of my plans. They're just they're just not, you know, all the time. So one of these days you're going to come up with a funny nickname and you're going to sing it? Possibly sure. with a puppet or Tim Pawlenty accompanying you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to be Jake with the audience. I'm not sure it is. <laughs> I'm not sure the audience is going to find that very Jake at all. Well... Did I use it right? I don't then care. Then they are... Um, yeah, yeah, you don't have an old-timey word for that. Party poopers. Fine. <laughs> they are, or, 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 if I want to go, like, real classic, like, Phil Stiller, you know... Yeah. They are poops. They are old poops. They are wet blankets. Yeah. Yeah. See, you could have said wet blankets. I could have said wet blankets. Didn't have I, to call, bring, I call them old poops. You didn't have to bring poop into it at all. You chose to. That was an option. That is an option that is uh, that is not so Jake with this guy right here. Yeah. I'm as cool as your principal. <laughs> I could tell stories about mine, but I don't care, and they'd require a lot of setup. <laughs> Who wants that? I don't. I don't feel like getting into it. I don't feel like wasting the next half hour of my life on a story about my high school principal. Uh, let's waste the next half hour of our lives on a topic. You know, that seems entirely more doable. It's Jake with Doc. God damn it. Okay, that's 27. 27. 27. Okay. What do we got, Johnny? <sighs> The Manitou, submitted by friend of the show, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, sir, I guess. The Manitou. The fucking Manitou. Not sure that's Jake with Doc. No, no. Uh, the 1978, is it 78? I, yeah, that is correct. Uh, uh, Tony Curtis. Uh, the 1978 no. Tony Curtis classic uh, in giant sarcasm quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's not a popcorn classic. It is certainly not. Um, it is assuredly no kind of classic at all. 
my good sir. The Manitou is... It's one of those movies that gets... I'm just going to say this right now. Amazing at about the hour and 36 minute mark. Yes, at a certain point. I mean, much of this movie, because I have seen this movie. Sure, me too, you, of course. And I spent a good chunk of its running time with my uh, who-gives-a-shit meter yeah. way in the red. And yeah. then, at a certain point, it... It just, I was ready to give up. I was like, fuck it, why am I still watching this? But I toughed it out. Right. I toughed it out on your recommendation. Sure. And that last five minutes. Uh huh. Bazonkers. Total insanity. Absolute motherfucking insanity. But, but, but by the time when any sane viewer would have long ago checked out. Long ago. No, I mean, if a, if a sane viewer can make it to the 20 minute mark of this movie? That's asking a lot. Yeah, frankly, I, I question whether that same viewer assessment is even accurate. Or, or if they're awake. Well, yes, I mean, it's an easy might have dozed off. I almost fell asleep in the first hour of this movie. I spent the entire first hour of this movie reading a book. Yeah. I had a book open in front of me, and I was reading it, and I was far more interested in what happened to those people than anybody in this movie. Well, that's because it does the typical thing, which you've seen in so many Mystery Science Theater 3000 grade films. Yes. Where most of a monster movie uh, involves a bunch of, like, random people speculating about yeah. whether or not something exists. Standing around, talking, waiting for anything to happen. Then something does happen. They stand around for another half hour talking about that. Yeah. And then we get the money shot. Right. The ridiculous thing that this bad monster movie is known for. That's the pattern with every bad monster movie. Sure. This movie... We get more monster. We get more monster, but the thing <laughs> that makes this movie worth seeing uh -huh. is the thing that kept it off of Mystery Science Theater. Uh, that's fair. We don't want yeah. to say what it is yet. I don't, at least. I'd like to Spoiler wait. alert, though. It's uh, coming. Yes, we are going to spoil this whole movie, and I'd like to hold off on the thing that blew my mind. If you want to go on the journey, watch this entire movie, and just hold all your, your, your conceptions and judgments up until 1 hour 36 minutes. You will be bored, and then... Frankly, probably offended, and then <laughs> confused, but hang in there, okay? Offended definitely takes uh, 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 takes a role in this process. Yes, yes, there's a lot of very vague talk about very vague Indians, again in quotes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, Indian magic. They Indians. use those exact words. Yeah. I'm not going to say... Those terms, that term never came up in real life. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that it, 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 it's completely without precedent. Right. But I'm sure there was a better way to phrase it. Let's talk about the actual plot of this movie. Hey, let, yeah, well, well, first things first. Yes. Okay. So, Tony Curtis. Tony fucking Curtis. Now, I've seen Tony Curtis movies. I have as well. I've never seen him in a role like this. My conception of Tony Curtis is more along the lines of, say, like, some like it hot. Yes. Like, funny Tony Curtis, you know, running, having a wacky adventure that escalates. Tony Curtis has had numerous wacky adventures on film of the screwball and non-screwball variety. Yeah. He's handsome, but he's a little nutty. Yeah. Things get out of control. He gets yeah. in over his head. Sometimes he's in drag. Sometimes his shirt's off. Yeah. You know, but it's usually a fun romp with Tony Curtis. That's Tony Curtis in a nutshell. Yes. Yes. This is a movie that... <laughs> It doesn't know what it wants to be, and it doesn't know what it wants Tony Curtis to be. That's fair. Because he begins the movie <laughs> as a, a, a tarot card reader, a fortune teller, effectively a con man. You know, he just takes your money and gives you the cards and tells you whatever. He's got a fake mustache and a big robe with the cult symbols yeah, on it. Yeah, he wears a robe, and for some reason he wears a fake mustache. It's not a big mustache. <laughs> it's not an especially mystical-looking mustache. And given that he is using his real name in his tarot card reading business... Right. It is not a necessary mustache. Uh, that's fair. Why he wears it is beyond me, except that they thought, hey, Tony Curtis is a funny guy, let's have him do a little wacky uh, antic with this 
fake mustache. I mean, it works fine for Tony Curtis because he often wears wacky costumes in funny movies. Yes, but again, I don't see what purpose it serves. Well, this film is not a comedy. No, it is not. It is <laughs> intended as a horror movie, I think. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I was horrified. I was decidedly unhorrified by basically everything in this movie. And it has a body count, but not so you'd care. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's just the mustache is meant to make him look swarthy. I guess. And swarthy people are more likely to be involved in... The mystic arts? The mystic arts, yes. yes. we are. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, well, whatever the case may be... Tony Curtis has some old lady come in to talk to him. He's doing low-grade fortune-telling for uh, gullible, wealthy old lady. Yes, out of his apartment. Yes, someone will cheat at bridge. You'll hurt your foot. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you're an old lady. Those things are going to happen to you. Yeah. Your grandkids love you. Yeah. 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 Your husband spirit says, don't worry. Exactly. Yeah. That kind of shit. Well, anyway, an old lady comes over, and then she starts... Freaking out and levitating and falls down the stairs and it's obviously a stuntman in a wig. Well, that's the second old lady. That's the second old lady. The okay. first old lady goes off happy. Yeah, no, I mean that's just the that's just the exposition old lady. That's just let's set up who Tony Curtis is. Well, because before the lady levitates, he he runs into Karen. Yes. Yeah, or Karen calls him up because we right. also. Right, they we're up? also following another story. There's so much to not give a shit about in this movie, I'm not there, sure what order to do it in. There's Well, there's a woman named uh, Karen yes. who has a growth on her neck. Yeah, it's a little, it's an ugly little lump on her neck, and the doctors are looking at it, and they're like, we think it's a fetus on your neck. I mean, obviously, at the beginning, she's going to oncologists. That's what you do to see if you have cancer or if your growth is benign. Yeah, that's what happens when a lump pops out. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're, they're looking, but the, the experts yes. are looking at the x-rays and they're looking at the, you know, the diagrams and they're, yeah, this looks like a fetus on your neck. Yeah. So she calls up her old friend. Oh, right. The fortune telling con man. Yeah. Why do they know each other? It doesn't matter. Uh, never really comes up. And as far as I can tell, I mean, well, we'll get to why this woman was cast in time, in due time. They go out to lunch, but, they fuck off camera, Yeah, and then she mutters a bunch of occult nonsense in her sleep. Yeah, but what I need to say is that we, we eventually get to why she was cast, but sure. for the first, let's say, hour and 35 minutes of this movie, <laughs> yeah, it seems that she was cast <laughs> not for her ability to scream, uh-huh. but how wide she could open her mouth when she does. <laughs> um, she can unhinge her jaw when she screams. Her mouth, you could get a great fruit in there if you had to. I mean, I don't know why you'd have to, but if you wanted to, you could make that happen. I'd come in handy during casting. I don't think anyone's going to be putting anything grapefruit-sized in there. Well... Yeah, well, whatever. uh, Look, it's not up to me what directors were into in the 70s. Well, unless it was fucking grapefruits, (laughs) it's not going (laughs) to... Pool balls, I guess. Anyway. What if it were? What if it were something weird and stupid? What if it's not like, you have to fuck me first? Or it's like, you gotta jam this grapefruit in your mouth first. Well, and then the guy just jacks off while she's got she's eating fruit. Well, that's horrible, and in this one occasion, uh-huh. strangely plausible. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> okay, fine. Somebody had a fucking weird grapefruit fetish in the 70s, and it, yep. got, it got someone into the movies. Awesome. Anyway. Yeah. She starts muttering occult nonsense in her sleep. The old lady comes to see him. She starts levitating and also muttering occult nonsense while levitating. Right. Then she falls down the stairs, and it's clearly a stuntman in a wig. (laughs) She doesn't just fall down the stairs. She falls through every single banister support. Yes, all the little wooden posts. She breaks everyone on the way... Or rather, he breaks everyone on the way down. The stuntman, yeah. The gentleman in the wig, who is, I'd say... A foot taller than this woman? I have never seen such a gratuitous uh, banister smashing. Well, no. I've never seen such a gratuitous banister smashing by a stuntman so unconcerned about concealing his face. Because falling down the stairs is usually enough. Because it goes bump, 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 bump. But this, wham! 
Wham! Yeah. Wham! Well, it's because it's an old lady. Normally, falling down the stairs is enough. Yeah. But when they saw that stuntman, it's like, that old lady looks really strong. I don't think <laughs> a fall down the stairs would be enough. <laughs> She's a lot sturdier than you get from, you know, a yeah. moment before when she cried in the chair. Yeah. And also, when she's levitating, I believe the actress playing her was asleep or deceased. I feel like they they filmed that scene, like, out of order. Yeah. And she... Because she appears to have died three times yes. in that scene. I think she died once in real life, and they were just like, fuck it, we don't need her back at the home till seven. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to keep going, okay? Because she is so... like, And the thing is, that this movie, I'm going to just say in general, has so little concern for continuity. Right. That, like, in every scene... Yeah. Like, that the shot of her hovering down the hallway... Then turns to another shot of her in which she is screaming. Yeah. We do not see her begin screaming. We see her lethargic and napping as she hovers down the hallway. Uh-huh. And then suddenly she's screaming. And then she's lethargic and napping again as she starts to fall. Right. Then she's big and strong. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's at the bottom of the stairs. And I believe that may have been a completely different person again. Yeah. Or a dummy in a mask, and not right. a good mask. Well, you can just ADR the, you know, actual screaming and stuff. You just put the body where it needs to be, and, and then you they call the did. paramedics. <laughs> I, 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 also, also, Tony Curtis, after after the old lady dies, the yeah. second one, he drops the... Okay, whenever someone is a con artist in a movie, yeah. eventually that comes back. Like, there needs to be a moment where he deceives someone. Yeah. So an hour and he's like, well, I've got that hat trick up my sleeve. Yeah. I'm going to be the soothsayer again for, like, a funny reason. Yeah, or a funny reason or, like, you know, oh, no, it's a horror movie. The monster is coming and we need to stop it, but nothing stops it. Maybe I can trick it. Right. You know? Yeah, that would come up. No. This does not come up ever again. After 20 minutes, that whole established, you know, amazing Kreskin routine, yeah. just gone. Gone, gone. He goes to doctors and is like, hey, doctors, I know more about this than I should. Right. This old lady and this chick are saying the same weird occult nonsense and then getting in, time, in some kind of trouble. We don't really ever get why the old lady says it, I don't think. I mean, I wish... I, I I wish they had done more with, like, you know, the drinking champagne out of a can, the hooker across the hall being sassy. Anything about his life at all? I mean, once he starts to have his suspicions that something actually occult is happening, he goes and finds the the con artist who trained him. Yeah. And her boyfriend. Who is, I'm going to say... The worst actor in the history of cinema? That's because he's the bass player for Creedence Clearwater Revival. I thought he looked familiar. <laughs> I looked at him, my first thought was, is that one of the fucking Bee Gees? He, that's also fair. It was not. It was not one of the fucking Bee Gees, but it was the bass player for Creedence. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. God. Why, why like, did they, why would they do that? It's not really him. Oh. Like you thought I was serious? I don't know. I don't know who played bass for Creedence. <laughs> he just looks like that guy. He's wearing a George R. R. Martin hat. He is. But he's he's this he's this weird beardo yeah. who's there for no reason. It's like the idea is like he's her stable husband. He does look like one of the Bee Gees. He, uh, yes. He looks like several of the Bee Gees, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's the yes. Correct. And, well, anyway, uh, uh, BG St. James and this lady, mm-hmm. they have a seance and something happens, but who gives a shit? Now, who's the old lady who also comes to the seance? Do you remember this? I do. I'm going to say that doesn't matter. <laughs> you bring along an extra... Is it the old lady from the first scene? I don't think so. That the one was... that didn't die? No, this lady seemed qualified. They just bring an old lady. She seemed more of a, a, a is she the supplier one... than a consumer. Okay, of, of a is she nonsense. like the gypsy holding the seance? Is that what we're... Because it's never explained. No, no. no. It's uh, She's too well-dressed to be a 70s movie gypsy. Right. But well-dressed in that way that weird fortune-teller ladies sometimes dress... Like an Avon lady? Like an Avon lady. She looked like an Avon lady. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the point is 
none of this matters because at this point they decided to make a different movie. Well, so Beardo finds a book yeah. about Native American mythos or something. Yeah. And he, 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 he says, well, Tony Curtis, why don't you ask the author of this book? Oh, God, I completely... There's so much shit that doesn't need to happen, but there's so little shit that does need to happen that they had to fill out the time somehow. The anthropologist breaks character halfway through his ten-minute scene. It's a long scene. (laughs) A long scene where he just is like, oh yeah, this is what a Manitou is, kind of. He, he, He starts off trying to put Tony Curtis off. Well, I'm just an anthropologist. These are just old stories. These people died out hundreds of years ago. It's just, I'm just writing down, you know, and then... These people died out before settlers even got to them. This was the one time we were blameless. And he's he's also doing this kind of, like, prop work. Yeah. Where, like, he keeps trying to find things and his office is messy. His office is a cobwebby nightmare. But then halfway through that one scene, his only scene... He gets really excited and and more intense. Like, they gave him a jolt of adrenaline because the scene was running too long. It was. Okay, okay, so at the height of Indian magic... Oh. There he goes. He he basically sets up like North America before European settlers came across. Yes, was like fucking Hogwarts. It was like there were just unlike, yeah, you know, Algonquin wizards running around, you know, yeah. fighting Ojibwe warlocks. And uh, yeah, no, he pretty much lays it out exactly like that. Yeah, it he, was full on wizard battles, twenty four seven. In the America of old. All the time. Yeah. You know, you're, you're given, you carve your first wand at the age of five, you learn to turn into a bird. That's about it. That's about, well the point is he, he gets into something about, okay, he finally talks about what a Manitou is. We finally get to the title. Right. It's a spirit of a person or thing. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but you people, Barely. you guys don't care. I mean, like, I'm sure if I had grown up in a tradition that really sincerely believed in that, yeah. I'd be like, no, no, it's totally different. It's something you can only understand intuitively. But no, it's fucking not, and nothing is. So, <laughs> at least in the mythology of this movie, yeah, everything has a soul. Yeah, uh, uh, not just people and animals and plants, but rocks, rocks, and and like, like computers. Computer shit you build has a soul. Yeah, yeah. guns have a soul. Apparently, in this, yeah. but they have a manitou. A manitou, they keep calling it, and you can call upon it if you are a medicine man. The word manitou is used many, 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 many times in this movie. Correct. Yes. So you remember that growth on Karen's neck? I do, kind of, at this point in the movie, when, like, long after it has dropped that thread. Right. Well, they go to try to remove it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, whatever's in the lump... Yeah. Uh, uh, telekinetically, uh, commands the doctor with the scalpel to, instead of cut at the growth, to cut his own wrist. Yes. Later, they try to do it again with a laser. Now, this is 1978. So lasers are magic. This is an experimental medical laser. Very early in laser technology, obviously. bearing in mind, this is an experimental medical laser in the context of the film. No such device ever existed in real life. (laughs) No. Because... This is not what you use for LASIK surgery. Let's talk about this laser. (laughs) Well, now, this, this movie came out the year after Star Wars. Yes. And now, now we've been talking about Manitous and spirits and Indian Hogwarts. Right. And now let's talk about lasers because that's what kind of movie this is. That laser goes apeshit. It's the, it's this giant wall mounted. This is a weapon. This is not a medical implement. This it, is a weapon for the killing of humans and nothing else. It looks like it came right off of an at, at walker. Yeah. Yeah. This is a thing they use to saw armies in half, okay? It is blasting blue CG laser bolts. Well, not CG, but old older special effects. Yeah, it's like slightly better than the laser in Rocky Horror. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little. I said slightly. Yeah. It is, yeah, but it blasts the fuck out of like an entire surgical team. Yeah, no, it's All the equipment. It's blowing things up. It fires and blows things up and starts aiming itself because whatever's inside that ever-growing lump. That thing is an ion cannon, man. It is 
not unlike <laughs> the ion cannon from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. It's so like it <laughs> that I wonder if George Lucas saw this movie and was like, I'm going to do that right. Yeah. Yeah, no. Probably. <laughs> you mean in a movie with space? Yeah. And laser weapons? In yeah. a movie with, yeah, in a movie where such a device could possibly exist. In a movie, yeah, that's not about Native American mysticism. In a movie where the machine that can blow up a spaceship is actually going to be used to blow up a spaceship. <laughs> because this this laser, I do not doubt, could be used as an anti-aircraft weapon. Yeah. Yes. And, and by this point, Karen is, uh, she's got basically a pregnant belly sized growth on her neck. She's like, looks like a, like a hunchback. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, the hunch is wiggling. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that was, uh, the most impressive effect in the movie, basically. It's a flesh colored trash bag. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It, it even, yes. Yeah. I don't have more to add to that. No. We haven't even gotten to our other hero. Our other hero, John Singing Rock. Yeah. A, yeah. a real live, modern day, South Dakota uh, medicine man, not played by a real Indian, as though that needs to be said. <laughs> Are they ever? Uh... Yeah, well, um, the point is, this guy sure wasn't. Uh, it's Michael Ansara, who was born in Syria. Yes, and if you know the name, he's played Mr. Freeze in almost every animated incarnation of Batman. There you go. Yeah, we looked him up. Yeah. Well, anyway, this fellow, uh, John Singing Rock in the movie, and what a wig they have him in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it is, it is lustrous. He talks about Manitou's and who gives a shit, and then he agrees to come to the hospital and take a poke at this lump thing. Ironically, his hair was probably a, a wig made from the hair of actual Indians. That's so sad. Well... Well, I'm not sure that wig was ever real hair, but... Uh, I mean, I, well, you know... <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> I mean Indian Indians, not Native Americans. It doesn't make me happier. No, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's still sad. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is they talk more about Manitou's and who gives a fuck. We're not here to recap this. I mean, we kind of have to, because otherwise, how would you have any idea what this was about? Because the people making it, like I said, seemed at several points during the course of filming to change their minds. Correct. I don't think this... There was no, like... There was no final proof. No. They just, they just shot... I, like, whatever they had done that day, they just added it in. Yeah. You know. At some point, I don't even remember who brings it up, uh -huh. a legendary medicine man named Misquamacus comes up. Yeah. And this guy, am I, am I even getting that name right? Well, okay, without going too deep into it, uh, John, you know, Rockstone, he explains that uh, those growths are the ancient Native American medicine men uh, who were, again... Super wizards. Super duper wizards. Had the ability to reincarnate themselves by projecting their manitous into the future as growths on people or animals, which had a gestation period of about a week, and then came out as theoretically full-grown men, and then they could use their magic to wreak havoc. Yes. And if they managed to reincarnate eight times, became gods. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh... Why he chose a human at all instead of keeping a lower profile, you know, popping out of a stray dog somewhere and taking over the world. There's no reason he couldn't have popped out of a rabbit a hundred miles into the wilderness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know who You know who would have stopped him from taking over the world then? Fucking nobody. No. Yeah. No one just checks for growths on rabbits. No. I mean, and it's a growth the size of a man. That rabbit's not getting away. No, that rabbit's not even going to be able to move after the first day. He's going to have his little feet kicking up in the air. He's just going to be like a thing with a rabbit attached to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you pop on out of that, dum-dum. Yeah. Well, whatever. The point is, he's inside this lady's back. Well, yeah, and the idea is that, oh, maybe it's just any old, uh, you know, super Indian wizard. I guess. But, but then they find out it's Misquamacus, oh. who's the most biggest badass Indian wizard of all. He raised mountains and diverted rivers and did other shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, great, awesome. Yeah. I'd like to stop for a moment and say... Uh, after watching this movie, we, of course, consulted IMDb, Wikipedia, the usual suspects. Sure. And whilst looking at the Wikipedia entry for this movie, I noticed the name Misquamacus was highlighted. Naturally, I said to myself, why the fuck does that have a link? 
Uh-huh. So I clicked it. <laughs> Miskumakas is a story from, or a character from, let's say, the lesser Cthulhu mythos. <laughs> the stuff written after Lovecraft died by August Erleth and others. Anything that's not written by Lovecraft is lesser. Yes, yes well, he was one of them. And uh, it had a similar origin story, but, you know, was worshipping some great old one or another. August Erleth is, yeah, was always all about, like, Trying to flesh out, profit from, continuity eyes. Yes. Anything Lovecraft just offhandedly wrote. And, uh, yeah, no, this one actually comes from a book that he claims he co-authored with Lovecraft. Mm. It's believed, the manuscript is around 50,000 words. It's, a, it's believed Lovecraft wrote around 1,200 of them. I feel like Lovecraft wrote the beginning of a short story, got bored, and left it in a drawer. That's correct. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, whatever the case, that's where this character comes from, and some author and later some screenwriter decided to dig him up yes. and uh, do this. And, well, eventually there's a very longer-than-it-needs-to-be sequence in which she hatches. Uh, yes, and Miss Comacus is played by a new dwarf? A very... Actually, two new dwarves. Oh, two out. new dwarves! Uh, yes, that's something I learned from IMDb. He was played by two different actors in the same grotesque mask and... I assume fake muscle chest plate because... And fake butt. Yeah, there's no way they found two dwarfs that buff. The dwarf, Not only was the dwarf super buff, yeah. but the butt yeah, the, is, like, weirdly huge. It's like a Kim yeah. Kardashian butt. Yeah, no, I mean, like... On this dwarf man? I mean, that's a thing that can happen with certain varieties of dwarfism, but not like this. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. Uh, that was a badonkadonk on a strange little muscled man. Yeah, no, I, I assume most of that body was, you know, glued on to two different men. But why was it two dwarves? Why was it two different ones? I, I don't know. It's I not like child labor laws. I don't know what the law was in this. I, I assume one of them got pissed and walked out after he saw what he was making. Oh, that that's fair. That's fair because this movie is like weirdly racist. Yeah. It's like, it's not exactly aggressively racist. Yeah, no, it's, it's trying, you know. It's trying to be good, but it's failing hard. It's just peculiar. Yeah. It'd be like... I mean, if I was, it'd be like if I was gonna make shit out of whole cloth. It's like, yeah. okay, see, the legend of leprechauns is is that Irishmen uh, had the magic ability to turn into cows, and then when you uh, ate the beef from the magic <laughs> Irish wizard, then you shrank into a little frog in a tuxedo, and you could grant wishes, like. You know how that sounds insane? And yes, it, like, no, I don't know how to react nothing. to that. <laughs> like, is that racist against Irish people, or is that just stupid? As, is it just? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to think it's just stupid, but who the fuck can say? That's what this film does to Native American mysticism. Yeah, is it, not even mysticism, spiritualism. Yeah, I think is a better word. Well, whatever the case may be, there's a very long sequence where the little man hatches out of her back, and again, like I said, no attempt to match the shots, you know. Uh -uh. She's in a completely different position every time they cut to her. Well, it's at one point, the, she's either laying down or there's like a mannequin, and there's a giant man-sized trash bag yeah. that a, a man reaches out of. She looks like a turtle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she looks like a turtle with a big shell, and then a guy climbs out of it. Yeah, it he's, doesn't look like skin. It looks like, you know, plastic. He's small and naked and ugly and wet, and remains so for the remainder of the film. He kind of, his face kind of reminds me of Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, I could see it. Yeah. I could see it. But browner. Yeah, and plasticker. Yeah. Yeah. Then we are treated... To a wonderful half hour of standing outside the doorway of the room this guy is in. and <laughs> While uh, he does magic. While he does very slow, inconclusive magic. Well, he summons a lizard god to kill a doctor. Man in a suit. Uh, obviously. And not a good man in a good suit. A bad... Oh, no. He, no. I mean, it's a guy who doesn't know how to be a lizard in a suit that doesn't know how to look like a lizard. <laughs> no, no. And And the thing is, it, he's not on the set. He's superimposed. Yeah. It's just, it's just he was shot somewhere else and they superimposed him. They could have just gotten a real lizard. <laughs> That's true. They could have gotten a real lizard and had it crawl up to a dude and bite him. Or, you know, or just bite it whatever and just superimpose the guy in there. But they chose to use a man in a suit who I assume 
cost more than a real lizard. Well, People have pet lizards. Well, you, you can hold out a piece of meat and it'll come get it. Well, you know what I would use is an alligator. Why wouldn't you use Those an alligator? Those are scary real things. And they're big. Yeah, and you can get one. They're around. Yeah. There's like trainers in Florida and shit. Yeah, no, there are alligators that will wrestle with a human, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, why, why would they not do that? That's beyond me. That has escaped That's, me. Yeah, no. Well, well, then, I, I don't know if I've left anything out, but, but Miss Quamacus turns the hospital into the domain of the Ice King. Yeah, pretty much. Now, it took me several minutes to figure out that was ice I was supposed to be seeing there. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought, is that ice? Is that, is it supposed to be a cave now? Is it, I, it took me a while to figure out I'm supposed to be seeing ice. It was around the time that, uh, yeah, fucking Fred Flintstone or whatever the guy's name is started getting, uh, plastic snowflakes caught in his wig right. that I realized, oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Because at a certain point, they go back into the hospital room, and now it's outer space. Yeah. I do want to point out that when he flash freezes the floor, he also flash freezes the people yeah. and causes an explosion that apparently all the people have been turned to ice because their heads start flying off and their shit. heads fly off and then pop and then like there's no real reason for him to turn that the surgical floor into an ice castle. He called upon the spirit of the north wind or something. I don't fucking know. But anyway, yeah, Tony Curtis and John Singing Rock. Step right. through the door, and Miss Guamacus, well, well, Karen on her hospital bed. Yes. And Miss Guamacus standing next to it are in space. In space. Outer fucking space. It is straight up outer space. Yeah, and, oh, we left out. They they decided, okay, well, wait a minute. I threw, a, I threw an electric typewriter at him, and that popped real good. Oh, yeah. A frozen so, electric Frozen typewriter. electric typewriter. In John Singing Horse is all, you know, he's all, oh, no, no, that was just the, the typewriter's Manitou was interfering with... He doesn't explain it very well at all. And they figure, oh, hey, all these electrical devices have their own spirits, their own Manitous, and can we direct all the electricity in the building to one spot... Because computers are magic? Oh, right, right, yeah. Since all the computers have souls, and they have lots of medical computers and lasers and stuff. These are hilarious old-timey computers, all covered with dials and reel-to-reels and stuff. Well, it was 1978. I think even by, well, I think even by the standard of 1978, these were not believable computers. (laughs) Well, they're they're like walls with blinking lights on them. Yeah, they were the machine that goes bing. Yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) What the hell they would use them in a hospital for is beyond me. It goes bing. Okay, it goes big. Anyway, the point but, is... Yeah, but Tony Curtis wants their souls. Yeah. Because at this point, he obviously believes in Manitou magic. Well, he's been staring at a dwarf for a long time and <laughs> been oddly impotent to do anything about it. Yeah. It's like, all I could think about was that episode of Buffy. Right. Where there was that demon and it was like, oh, no weapon made by man can defeat him, but that was written a thousand years ago or whatever. Right. And since then we've invented rocket launchers. Yeah. I know, I know John Happy Town or whatever has said, <laughs> has said a gun would be useless against him. Well, yeah, he said that, that, that uh, Manzukis would be able to use the, the spirits of the guns to just shoot at you like you ducked it with a scalpel. However, uh-huh. I think they should have tried. <laughs> I think maybe they should have said, well, let's just send up the cop that nobody likes and have him give it a try. Now, here's my question. Do you send up the rookie on his first mission? Or do you send up the guy who's uh, two days from retirement? You send up the drunk racist detective. Oh, okay. The guy who nobody will miss. Oh, yeah. All you right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's a, go with that. O'Malley. I mean, yeah, he's he's ready to shoot an Indian. He's already drunk and racist. <laughs> <laughs> they are in North Dakota. Yeah, so go yeah, for it. Or I mean, whatever. I think this movie takes place in San Francisco, I think actually. In California. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, whatever. That's where Dirty Harry was from. There you go. You know, send up Dirty Harry. Anyway, they're in space. Yeah, somehow. Um, um, John Barleycorn, okay, yeah. wants to, it, it decides, yeah, let's go with this plan. And he starts basically trying to shoot Manitou machine lightning from his hands. He does not succeed. At, at the, the, uh, 
the medicine man wizard in, who's just standing there in space. The wet dwarf. We can say the wet dwarf. <laughs> the wet dwarf. Oh, by the way, because I already <laughs> forgotten what the fuck his name is. Mustafafalis. Misquamacus. Misquamacus. Uh, we left out the part Misquamacus is uh, uh, summoning Satan. Oh, right. He's summoning the great old one. Basically, the bad guy in every religion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tony Curtis is like, what's the great old one? And John Barleycorn is like, it's the devil. Yeah. It's basically the devil. Yeah. It, and the devil is is in space in like this swirly black hole kind of vortex. I think it's supposed to look like something, but <laughs> it's shot so incompetently that I can't make out what. No. Perhaps it's an eye. Perhaps it's a vagina. Yeah. I think maybe it might just be a little swirly vortex. Whatever I'm supposed to be seeing in there, yeah. I failed to see. Um, so the point is, his kung fu is not strong enough to defeat the wet dwarf. It certainly is not. Or to summon the the, the spirits of the computers. So Tony, he says, it's not, it, I can't do anything with these machines. They're white man's medicine. Yes. Yeah. And so Tony Curtis is like, well, I'm a white man. <laughs> you sure are. So he gets up there and he basically says, now knock it off, you bozo. He does. Or I'm going to treat you to a little chin music. <laughs> he's standing in the doorway to space. Yeah. And he's giving a talking to, to the wet dwarf Indian wizard and the devil. Yeah. And he says, now we can talk about this. You just knock that off right now! Or it's gonna be ring-a-ding-ding for you, knuckleheads! I wish we were exaggerating. <laughs> I really do. This is... What? What? And then... This is what we promised you at the beginning of this show. Because Tony Curtis wants to summon the chi of the robots. Yeah, whatever, whatever, chi, great. <laughs> Fine. It, it, this movie doesn't care what culture shit comes from anyway, so fine, okay? He wants to summon the chi, and and let's say the juju, okay? Um, of the all, chi stands alone. Yes, of all of the computers and technology and so forth. <laughs> sure. And that is when transcendence is achieved. My God. Because Karen, who we do not know if has been limp on her hospital bed this whole time. She's been unconscious for the last hour. We thought she was dead. Yeah, her back is all torn up. Suddenly it isn't anymore. Yeah, an Indian just came out of her back. Yeah. We assume she's dead. She gets up. Her hair and makeup are perfect. Flawless by 1978 standards. Well, by, yes, exactly. She looks like Charlie's Angel. Her hospital gown, for no reason except it's 1978, falls off, so she just pops them tits out. Oh, her tits are right out there in space. She turns around, she's sitting in the bed <laughs> with br- blankets pulled up to her waist, uh-huh. just, like, topless. Yeah. Hair and makeup, flawless. Blowing in the vacuum of the cosmos. Like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes this face... That makes me think she thought she was now in a different movie. <laughs> like, it's if it wasn't for the fact that her tits were out, I would think this was a segment on astronomy from Look Around You. <laughs> okay? It was like, I, I would think maybe this was a sequel to Xanadu. Yeah, yeah. Xanadu 2, Manadu. <laughs> Manitou. Yeah. yeah, or Manitou 2. Manitou goes to Xanadu. (laughs) (laughs) I that I'd watch. She does this weird little gesture. It's like, ooh, I'm gonna do magic. Uh." Yeah, she she sticks her hands out as widely as she can. Like in the they tell like the director is sitting just off camera. No, no, no. Be less convincing. You're not in a movie. You're in a little sketch on a parade float. Right, right, (laughs) right. Like she's tossing confetti. She's tossing confetti poorly. She's tossing. It's like they told her, "Okay, you're you're you got to toss some confetti, and you want it to go as as short a distance and fall as limply as possible." And there's a one second shot of all the hospital computers like revving up, yeah, and and getting all like force lightningy. And then she starts shooting lasers. Lasers. Fucking lasers. Purple ones. Purple lasers. Out of her hands. At the dwarf and the devil. Yes. While the dwarf and the devil are summoning Space Mountain grade chocolate chip cookie meteors (laughs) that are flying past the door. And they're shooting energy bolts 
Don't worry, you can avoid them by ducking. <laughs> and, 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 and there's all these, like, crazy, like, trippy graphics. Yeah, for no reason. It's like, I half expected to see Tony Curtis dancing against the backdrop of a lava lamp. Yeah. Like, like my God, it's full of stars. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And just pew, 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 and she uses... She uses the Manitou of the white man's machines to defeat the wizard and the devil. Yeah. And I guess the lesson is you, you got to take your tits out to do magic. They are magical tits. I guess. I, I know. I, I, mean. I, 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 but, and then, 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 well, then, then, no follow up on that. Next day. The next day. We never see Karen again. We do not know if she survived. I mean, Ascended into godhood. It is not explained well at all. No. Or uh, it's not explained well. What am I saying? It's not explained. End of sentence. All we get is Tony Curtis puts John in a car to and go Bear, home. I don't know the story of how this movie was shot. Uh-huh. I don't know, you know, if it sat on the shelf for a long time. Right. But I know that in between... Laser tits and this last scene. Mm-hmm. Tony Curtis has aged eight years and gotten nine facelifts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't understand why he is older and tighter in this scene, <laughs> but he just is. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if everyone just stopped giving a shit. I'm gonna guess it's that one. It's like fuck it. We got the laser tits. Let's wrap this. You cut a fool me. And uh, oh, and he me remembers to give him his tobacco. Right. That was a plot point that was never mentioned or anyone gave a shit about, and we right. didn't talk about it. Whatever. Yeah. And then he drives off. Yeah. There's a nice shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, it's a it's a lovely location scene. Yes. And then some blue text pops up on the screen. <laughs> Would you like to tell them what it said? It says fact. Fact. Colon. Uh, uh, and it's just one little, like, two-sentence paragraph yes. about how in 1969, a 15-year-old Japanese boy uh, found a, a, a growth on his arm, which doctors uh, uh, confirmed was a fetus. Yeah. And then credits yeah. fades to black. And I'm going to say, no, it probably wasn't. A, that sounds ridiculous. B, it also sounds like he grew up uh, right next to Hiroshima. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say that would be maybe the reason. I'd say a more plausible reason, or a more plausible explanation, yeah. is that it was uh, a teratoma or a twin he absorbed in the womb, or any number of gross things that can be found in the body that aren't uh, a teenage boy getting immaculately conceived, or... Whatever the correct term is. More to the point, why why would you bring that up all at all? And why did you bring that up now? Is this supposed to be like, well, it really could happen because something happened in real life? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the implication is this boy headed off of uh, a, a medicine man before it was too late. Or something. well, that's the thing that 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 is that kid. I assume got the growth removed and it didn't do anything with a laser. Here's what I want to know. Was this the teaser for the never-completed Manitou, the sequel? I would I would like to think the sequel would have been called Manitou. Much like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes. Was there going to be an installment of the Manitou franchise that took place in Japan? God, I hope so. Because <laughs> it didn't happen. Well, no. As far as I know. Yeah. But you know, okay, this kid he he's in Japan. He comes he comes to America to tr- for treatment. Right. He gets off the boat in San Francisco. Same oh, cast. And uh, Tony, you know, Curtis Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Like, I've like, seen this before. Uh oh. He and Karen are married. Yeah. Whatever. You know they've got one baby who's also a wizard. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And they call up old you know John Farming Pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's time to go. Yeah. That movie didn't didn't happen. It did not. It did not. This movie is so boring and pointless and mediocre and crappy. Yeah, I mean it's for ninety minutes. It's not even like a good bad movie for ninety minutes. And then it's five minutes of bonkers. Yeah. No, like, I mean, am, am I going to say it's worth hanging in there for the end? All I'm going to say is maybe, barely. Yeah, I mean, like. If you don't mind the guilt, you can fast forward to the end and just see the part everyone remembers. But the thing is, if you don't see that 
if you don't see the rest of it before you see the if last scene... If you don't scene, endure the rest the, of it. The last scene is just like, you know, a music video. Like, it's out of context. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, that last scene is what kept it off of Mystery Science Theater because... That's a pivotal scene. That's the money shot, so to speak. That's, you can't cut that out. That's what we're here to see, and it is tits ahoy for no reason. It is especially gratuitous tits. <laughs> yeah. 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 In space. Space tits. Laser tits. Yeah. <laughs> for, again, no reason. Well, none of this makes any sense. No, they keep changing their mind about what movie they're making. I feel like much of the cast right. was not informed what this movie was about. Yeah. They memorized their part. Right. They were given no direction. The point is, if an ancient Native American dwarf wizard grows out of your back and uses his magic to summon the devil, then you use the magic powers of the computer, take your clothes off, and just blast him. Yeah. And we've got, we've got way more computers now. We're probably going to be fine. Yeah. 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 So, you know. I, I want to say don't bother watching this movie. No, no. You I, might I, want to after what we just said. Yeah, no. I mean, it's more worth it than not for that last five minutes. It's a long road to get there. You can read while it's on or, you know, play, you know, you play, can, play a video play game. Play a video game, fuck around on your phone, check Twitter. Yeah. You know, make a, make, make a cast roll. Whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't give it your undivided attention. You don't need to. No. 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 You'll understand it just as well if you don't. Yep. And, uh, and then, laser tits. Yeah. I just, I want to keep saying it because. Yep. How often do you get to? How many occasions are you totally justified in using the phrase laser tits? Basically just this one. This one, and like, when you're listening to Brendan Small albums. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's all I got. Alright, that's the Manitou, everybody. That was the Manitou. Jesus Christ. No stars. No stars, no. Uh, it's not Jake with Doc. It is not. It's not Jake with anyone, sir. Yeah. It's not Jake with anyone. So, uh, until next week, just know, if you've ever just gotta use the phrase laser tits... <laughs> We've given you your excuse. We've given you your out. I think Tony Curtis has given you your out. Yeah, Tony yeah. Curtis. God bless that man. He is the queen of wands. Right, the tarot cards. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, bye, everybody. Until next week, it doesn't matter. <laughs> This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.